Well, so there I was last weekend camped out on the banks of the Deschutes River in central Oregon, a little uh, north of Madras, uh, along with about uh, a whole lot of other people. There's actually raft central rafts coming in, rafts going out, and a lot of water in the river because of the, you know, the <laughs> the melt off from all the glaciers on the mountains. Um, so yeah, uh, it was kind of fun. And I was in there with a bunch of friends of mine uh, that I've known for decades, literally. Uh, this camp out has been going on for a long time, uh, 15, 20, 25 people, depends on who shows up, you know, old radio people. I'm an old radio guy, so... That was a lot of fun. Hey, it's Tim Patterson. This is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, find us online at tradeshowguy.net. We do great custom trade show exhibits, exhibit makeovers, accessories like banner stands and lighting and counters and a whole lot more, along with logistical support when requested. Again, find us at tradeshowguy.net. It's it's good to see events are making their way back slowly in some areas, not so slowly uh, in other areas. I kind of feel like the dam is about to break it's in the news everywhere people are taking off the masks a lot of the mandates are going away okay so uh one of our previous guests shep hyken has a weekly newsletter that i, I really enjoy when i noticed uh, in one of his most recent newsletters that he's got a new book he's working on to be coming out this fall i thought we should catch up talk about the book and see what happens so yeah we talked about the book and the pandemic and what he's done and all that fun chat shop's a great guy to talk to you i hope you enjoy it as much as i did I want to welcome to trade show guy monday morning coffee a shep hyken best-selling author and customer service and experience expert and the chief amazement officer at shepherd presentation so nice to see you again shep how are you doing I, i'm doing fantastic it's great to be seen <laughs> and I'm, I'm so glad you're able to spend some time. Yes, it is great to be seen. I, how many Zoom meetings have you had over the last 14 months? Anyway? Uh, how many Zoom meetings have I had today? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> actually, I was thinking, I was walking the dog this morning, and I was thinking, I'm actually, I kind of like Zoom meetings. There's a lot to be said for them. Uh, you, you start and stop, but you don't have to travel anywhere. You know, it's, it's more personal than a phone call. Uh, and I kept thinking about all this Zoom fatigue, and I, I'm not feeling it. Maybe I just don't do enough of them. So, <laughs> well, I don't believe there's uh, there is Zoom fatigue. There's no doubt about that. But I believe part of it comes from bad Zoom. <laughs> and, well, and so, if you have good Zoom, what difference does it make? And by the way, Zoom is kind of like what uh, Kleenex is to the tissue industry. Zoom right. has become that to the uh, you know we've got Microsoft or Teams, Xerox, we've got WebEx. Right. Or, yeah, exactly. And I read so, novels, and I actually it was was I've seen in several novels, you know, let me Google that and it's lowercase G. So that's become now a word for searching. It's a verb. It's a it's verb. A verb. <laughs> so first off, I know that, um, you know, some businesses in the event industry have virtually shut down. Uh, others have done pretty well. I'm curious to know how uh, you have been, have done the last 14, 15 months once uh, when this hit back in March of last year. Great question. So as an entrepreneur, I've always been scrappy. I do things on my own. I never settle for anything. I've been doing this now. I know I look much younger, but 38 years, 38 years, that's a long time. And there's a reason it's lasted is because I'm constantly reinventing, evolving, keeping up, if not trying to be the, the leader in my industry. So when this happened, so I I knew in February of last year, I sat next to a friend of mine. It might even been late January on an airplane. Maybe it was February. Um, he is the uh, a, a doctor that was in charge of a major, major medical center, one of the top in the world. He is now working for a, uh, a publicly held company, helping them run uh, a, a drug company. And he said, Shep, 
this is going to impact everyone so much bigger than they think it is. So here I am at the end of February, meeting with my colleagues, telling them, basically, I agreed with what this guy said. The bookings are going to stop coming in again. I, I write books, but I am paid to speak on a stage. Our training programs, we send our trainers, they go into live events. Of course, we have our online on demand. But what happened at that point is I realized something's going to happen. Well, it finally did happen. Late that uh, week, last week in February, I started to get the cancellations. Early March, that was the end. And I thought, okay, this will all come back in two or three months, just like most of us did. Well, it didn't. But I will tell you what happened. Once everybody was put into lockdown, I... I did some major thinking. I was very quiet. My wife said, I've never seen you this quiet in all the years we've been married. I was just thinking and thinking and thinking what's happening. Within about a month, I came out of this. Maybe it was a little sooner than that. I came out of this funk, if you want to call it that. And I said, I've got the idea. And I pivoted. And I you hate that word pivot because it means like you turn your back on something. But I did turn my back on something that wasn't happening. And that was live events. I never turned my back on the idea that they would come back. But for the moment, I realized this isn't happening. What else am I going to do? I contacted B&H Photo up in New York, and I started buying more cameras and lighting equipment. And I said, if I'm going to do my speech, it's going to be virtual, just like many people have have, uh, started doing. But I'm going to do it better than most. Now, there are some of my colleagues that have taken it to extreme, but I have a studio (laughs) with multiple cameras, switching devices, great lights, unbelievable sound. And when we do an online virtual program, my goal is for the client to say, wow, uh, if they were all this good, we do this all the time. (laughs) And I've even had clients say, I set the benchmark for all other virtual events. I realize. I'm great at what I do. At least I hope I am. Uh, And there are others that are even better at that virtual than I am. But I try to give them that A quality material mixed with an A quality performance mixed with an A quality experience. It's interesting you mentioned that because I know a number of uh, professional presenters in the trade show world that do stuff in booths. And they've had to kind of, as you say, pivot to doing produced videos or very short videos for people, uh, I know a, a guy who does song parodies for uh, specific to clients and things like that, which are great little bits and and they're not, they don't last forever, like uh, a couple hours. They're just a few minutes long so that the attention span doesn't waver. I'm, you know, someone who's been inducted into the National Speaker Association Hall of Fame, I'm sure you love getting up in front of people. That's ha- got to have been kind of a really tough thing not to be able to do that. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, I wondered what's going to happen. Are we looking at the annihilation of the speaking industry? And the short answer to that was probably not. And now the new answer is definitely not. Uh, right. We see live presentations coming back in. I finally did my first one. Uh, it was over a year. I got up there and I mean, even, I felt like I had to like practice. I always practice and rehearse because there's always elements of new material in almost every speech because it's customized to the audience. But there's specific content that I use again and again, signature stories, if you will. Sure. I had to practice my best stories because (laughs) even though I've told them hundreds, if not a thousand times over the years, it's like, I can't forget this line. This is the funny line. And I found myself having to concentrate harder on the, the, the things I've done in the past than even on what was new to that particular client. And it was weird. It's like, I haven't used these muscles in a while, but I'm going to tell you this, Tim, um, my wife has asked me, you know, do I miss being on stage? And the answer to that is absolutely. Yeah. However, you know what I realize I, I, I miss is the last 38 years of, of being home. 
Um, this sounds crazy, but in the last year, and actually once we got out of the true lockdown, we could start at least seeing some friends and meeting them in a park. And, you know, there right. used to, there were small gatherings, whether it be for, uh, you know, a small birthday party. And again, most of that was done outside up until recently, but I didn't miss any of that. I didn't miss my kids' birthdays and they're older now. And I realized I don't miss anything when I'm at home. <laughs> I get to <laughs> You're go to soaking everything. up all the home stuff. That's good. Yeah. And then I kind of like that. That's pretty cool. So anyway, um, yeah, life changed, but it's all good. Gave me time to work on some new ideas and things I I would, you know, do on a, that I just didn't have time to do. And yeah, it's uh, kind of funny. Cause uh, you know, I don't know if you follow Paul McCartney, what he does in, in the world, but he's, he's toured for years. He never stops. Right. So now that right. he had to stop touring, he released two books, he recorded a new album and he's got yeah, like some other project. That. It's like, man, he's, he has to keep doing stuff. Right? And, and we all right. and do you, that to a certain extent if, if you're like that. So you've, you've got a new book out. Um, I do. Or, it or is. coming uh, soon. Yeah, I'll be back coming soon. You're I'll coming be back. Soon. How to get customers to come back again and again. By the way, I'll be back is meant uh, to cover customer service and experience. But what an appropriate title for where we are right now. Exactly. We're exactly. coming back. It's going to all yeah. be back. Yeah. And and obviously uh, you, there's a trailer out, which is pretty hilarious. You've got the sunglasses on and, and it's the whole Schwarzenegger Terminator thing. And uh, he's going for the sunglasses. No? I am. I'm going to yeah, put okay. these on for you just to show everybody. Yeah. If you check it out, oop, that, that sounds terrible. Uh, I'll be back book.com. And uh, there you go. Oh, those I'll are awesome. Back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's your eighth book uh and what's the tie-in i'm just curious uh it, it just uh, was it convenience i mean just because you like ter terminator <laughs> uh, yeah well actually i had no idea i would even come up with the terminator idea uh until i started getting into it and realizing i i'll be back is is the three famous words made famous by arnold schwarzenegger and yep. the terminator and I, I and then i went and looked and he used it in a bunch of other me uh, movies as well i think maybe seven or eight other movies, right. <laughs> 16 different times. And the first time he used I'll be back, it was to come back to the police station to blow it all up, right? Right. And uh, the second time was uh, in Terminator 2, he said, I'll be back, but he was the good guy. And I'll be back meant something really good. Yeah. Well, to me, I'll be back is about getting customers to come back again and again. Now, once I got into this, uh, yes, there is a Terminator theme to it because I realized customers terminate the relationships with the people they do business with all the time. I even have a chapter in the book, 10 reasons a customer would terminate their business with you and three reasons you would wanna terminate your customer from doing business with you. And uh, so that's one of the chapters I talked about when I got into this, I got carried away, I admit it. This is what happens when you have more time than usual. Right. <laughs> I, I started thinking, <laughs> Oh, let's come up with an award. How about like, you know, they have the Academy Awards for acting and all that. How about the Arnie? The Arnie. named after Arnold. Uh, the Arnie is the award you get when you just deliver that unbelievable experience that makes customers want to say, I'll be back. Um, as and, and so why did I feel it was time to write a new book? That's a good question. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had time in your hands. Obviously, that was part one. What's part two? <laughs> well, part. Uh, so I write every week. I have a newsletter. It's free. Anybody who wants to subscribe, go to, you know, hyken.com, H-Y-K-E-N.com, and you'll get a report, my most recent research on customer service. But you also get subscribed to my weekly newsletter. And when I write enough of those articles, I realize I have a lot of new content. Yeah. And 
So I took a look at what was going on and what I saw. And I thought, this is a good time to uh, take some of those articles and form them in the chapter. So I wrote the outline of the book. I said, we've got something here. Uh, it is in every book, there's foundational material. I call it, uh, this is the basics. In every speech that I do, if you have me speak five times to the same audience, there will be a setup the first several minutes of remember what this whole moment of truth is, where you make moments of magic happen, you avoid moments of misery, which are complaints, you avoid moments of mediocrity, which are just average or satisfactory experiences. That's in every book, that's in here as well. I talk about how to create amazement. It's within everybody's grasp. It's simply being a little above average all of the time, predictable and consistent. But then I started realizing repeat customers are different than loyal customers. I wrote an article about this. What's the difference? Well, we love repeat business, but repeat business, if you take away uh, the reasons why they come back, uh, are, or actually are the reasons why they come back enough to keep them coming back uh, for example, if you have a frequent flyer program and you're an airline, if you take away the mileage perks or the free upgrades, are the customers or the passengers still going to fly on your airline? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Chances are they'll say, hmm, without those perks, an airline is an airline, okay? Unless you're somebody like a Southwest that's known for amazing service. And if all of the airlines eliminated um, their perks, who do you think customers would tend to go to or stay with? And I think Southwest is an example of one example, of those. Yeah. Um, you know, then uh, say, same thing. If you if you have a, um, a a card that every time you come and visit me in my restaurant, I punch your card, and on the you know sixth punch, the, that that's a free meal. If I took away that card, would you still come back? So that's a marketing program. Perks and you know loyalty points, things like that are marketing. Nothing wrong with that. I yeah, want everybody to understand. Yeah. We love that because it drives repeat business. But let's get down to it. Loyalty is an emotional connection. Yeah. You know, it might be, I love doing business with them beyond those perks because there's somebody in that business company, that business, that restaurant, whatever. They know me. I come in, they treat me differently than I would anywhere else. That's stickiness. That's going to get me to come back. And that's that emotional connection. And that's really what we're looking for at the end of the day is what can we do to drive loyalty? Now, again, I'll take repeat business, but don't confuse the two. Why is somebody doing business with this company? Well, maybe they like the low prices. Maybe they like the location and they're convenient. But if another business with a better location opened up, would that customer continue to go to that you know, location. Exactly. So that's what we're looking at there. Yeah. And one of the points in the book I, I believe you made is has uh, nothing has changed in customer service. Uh, technology, though, it must have had a huge impact uh, over the years. Uh, it's, it seeps into everything. So how can you say nothing has changed when technology has really kind of just jumped on all of the customer service elements that you see? Well, the way we go about it may have changed that technology might drive that, you know, there's, you know, 15 different ways we can connect with a company. We can traditionally pick up the phone. We can email, we can text, we can use a, an app. We can go to all the different social media channels, but that doesn't uh, change the reason I'm trying to connect with you. And it doesn't change my expectation of the outcome. I, I have a problem. I have a question. I need help. I'm going to reach out to you in any of these different forms of fashion. Again, that part of it's changed the, 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 the technical side of it, if you will. But fundamentally, that's the start of it. And you know what I want at the very end? I want to be happy. I want to know I got the answer I needed. I want my issue resolved. Now, what happens in between doesn't matter 
really it doesn't in my mind, because if we have to keep up with the customer's expectations, we have to keep up with technology and the changes that take place there. But if I can promise you that if you've got a problem, you can come to me and we'll resolve it. This is what happens. And this is why I talk about customer amazement isn't about being perfect. It's about recognizing we try to do, a, again, an amazing experience is a little above average. Sometimes it's a lot above average, but usually it's just a little above average and it's consistent and predictable. And we want customers to say, um, they're always knowledgeable. They're always helpful. They always get back to me quickly. And then here's the part we're referring to now. And even when there is a problem, I know I can always count on them to fix it for me, resolve it for me. So when we're there, that nothing has changed there, but when we're there, doesn't matter what the method is to get it done as long as it gets done the right way. Yeah, tools are tools. And as long as the underlying uh, yep. attitude is there, you know, I, I can think of a couple of times in the trade show world where you, you want everything to go well, but trade shows, as you know, <laughs> There's a lot of something happened. <laughs> and so, you know, there've been times when I've had to, you know, kind of bite the bullet and say, you know what, the, I, I really got to do the right thing for this client, no matter what it costs me. I want them to know that even though there's a problem, we did our damnedest to, to, to address it. So, so uh, kind of to wrap up here shortly, you talk one of the chapters you referenced this earlier uh, about 10 reasons why a customer would terminate a relationship. There's that word again. Yes. Uh, so what are like the top two or three or four? I knew you were going to ask me that. So I happen to have the book right in front of me. <laughs> so, open, the, open the book quick. Yes, yes. I'm going to put on my glasses to make sure I give. So this is what's fascinating. We just did our most recent study, the Achieving Customer Amazement Study. And I specifically asked the consumers. We, we interviewed over 1,000 consumers. Confused, no, they confused, confused consumers. 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 <laughs> and asked them what they rated as most important to them. And... Uh, they rated knowledgeable people, friendly and kindness. But interestingly, what would turn you off to a customer or to a, a, a company? Number one reason is an apathetic experience. The person yeah. had apathy or rudeness. They were just negative. Those are actually number one and number two in our study. And I wrote this in the book intuitively knowing this since we've had other studies, but I specifically asked the question, um, to make sure I was on target with this. And those are the exact reasons. Now, here's an interesting one. Your contact information about how to reach you or the way to reach you isn't easily accessible. Have you ever gone on a website looking for contact info on yes. how to get customer support and you're struggling? Yeah. Well, the opposite of that is um, Zappos.com. Zappos has contact information on every page of their site. <laughs> So if you're looking at a pair of shoes, there's a phone number. They're an online company that encourages you to call them if you have any questions. And a pretty good percentage of their customers want to know, does this shoe run small, big, whatever? And uh, to add to the customer experience, when they finally talk to somebody, they say, let me send you three sizes. You think you're a nine, but let's send you the eight and a half and the nine and a half. And you just send back the other two. And by the way, we'll pay for the shipping to do that. Pretty incredible. So yeah, those they sell the a lot top. of shoes that way. <laughs> they sure do. Uh, so uh, apathy, rudeness, and contact information not being accessible. Um, you couldn't connect on the channel that you want to connect on. In other words, I'm a millennial or a Gen Z, and I want to find you via social media, but you aren't monitoring your social media channels, so I can't connect with you on that. Um, you didn't respond when I had a problem. That's another one that's uh, un, un, you know, it's not a popular one. Uh, 
just poor response time uh, taints the experience. Yeah. You might get the problem issue, but if it took you four days to get back to me, you know, if I wanted to wait four days for you to call me, I would have waited four days. To I would call have sent you. you a letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And even then you can't guarantee it's going well, to get there true. in four days. Yeah. So let's uh, finish on an upbeat here. Um, you cover the six steps it takes to create the I'll be back experience. So what are those steps? Oh man, here we go. Here we go. Uh, and I'm going to give you lightning fast, but they're easy steps. And uh, number one is ask the question, why should someone do business with me? Number two, look at your competition. Why would somebody do business with them? In other words, what are they doing that you might not be doing? And also at the same time, take a look at what you're doing that they're not doing and feel good about that, by the way. Uh, and, and now I, I, I don't want you to, you know, I call it keeping pace, but keeping pace doesn't mean copying what the competitor is doing. If they're doing something that you're not doing, is there a way to you, you can do it, but make it your own, put your own spin on it. In some cases, you might say, hey, uh, you can't because they've just got, maybe it's a new way of doing something that you just haven't invested in yet. And you'll get around to it, or you're going to start doing it when you realize it's a competitive differentiator. Uh, now I want you to look outside of your industry. And this is really important. What are the companies you love to do business with? And why do you love to do business with them? Uh, for example, and by the way, the why isn't always as obvious. Uh, uh, many people love Amazon, for example. Well, what do you love about Amazon? And we hear this over and over. We love the fact that we are confident that everything is happening. The moment we place the order, we get an email saying your order has been placed. When it's shipped, we get an email saying, here's the shipping information and it's on its way and here's when to expect it. And when it finally does arrive, they, they email, text or, or you know whatever. And they even send a picture of the box leaning against your door <laughs> on your porch. Uh, so uh, what we say is, you know, well, well, we don't have that kind of business. Yeah, but let's read between the lines. It's not about the emails. It's about the communication. Yeah. that's what customers love. Are we communicating at that level, letting our customers know what's happening? You know, when you order a pizza and you're getting texts along the way, the pizza's in the oven, the pizza's been picked up for delivery. The delivery man is three minutes away. I mean, it's like, you love that. You're being informed. You really so, do, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you're looking at companies you love and why, and then you take a look at how can we adapt or adopt some of that for us? And then you come back in your final question or your final step is the question that you asked at the beginning, you ask it again. Now that we're going to implement all of this, or we started to implement or have implemented, uh, once again, why should someone do business with us? And we're really looking for differentiators. We don't want to say, because we have great service. Of course you do. So does everybody. They everybody, say they yeah, do right, anyway. They they do, yeah. uh, let's get really specific on beyond great service. Why should somebody really do business with you? Well, Shep, it's always fun to talk with you and to to learn what, I mean, it just kind of inspires me about the whole business thing. And I, I appreciate you spending time. Tell me when the book is out and how they can find out more. Sure. So the, well, first of all, I'llBeBackBook.com. Okay. And there's no apostrophe in a right. website. So it's I-L-L. It'll -L. be back. It'll <laughs> be back. Book. Make sure you put that word book in there or else you might get some, I don't know, Terminator Ooh. website, <laughs> but I'll be back book.com. And uh, here's the thing. It doesn't come out till September, but okay. if you order it today and if you want to order it through Amazon, that's totally cool. Just send me an email. 
uh, go to our website or go to the book site, hiking.com or I'll be back book.com. Same site. It'll get you there. And just uh, contact us and say, I bought the book on Amazon. But if you buy it through us, number one, uh, unless you're in another part of the world and we have to pay additional shipping, we'll pay the shipping, the tax and immediately. And this is why if you buy it through Amazon, just send us a note that says you did. We will send you the link to the ebook. Hmm. on uh and that you can download immediately so the book is actually ready to rock and roll it's just not coming out for another right. few months the publishing world wheels turn a little slower that's how it happens <laughs> and uh the beauty is that your customers can start saying i'll be back pretty much as quickly as you can get into the content so yeah. uh buy it today you get the book uh downloaded for free plus you'll get the book when it comes out we'll ship it to you or get it through amazon and just let us know Cool, Shep. I appreciate your time. Thanks uh, so much for joining me. Tim, thanks for having me. Can't wait to come back and do it again. Thanks again to Shep Hyken for joining me on this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Check the show notes at tradeshowguyblog.com for more information. Uh, just about to close out this week's show, want to give a shout out to One Good Thing this week, which is a TV series which we sort of stumbled across on uh, Netflix called The Politician it's uh, it's really funny. It's uproariously funny. It's profanely funny. I should tell you that um, <laughs> if you have tender ears. Uh, starring Ben Platt as a high school politician whose goal is to be president of the United States when he's, you know, like the youngest that could possibly do that, 35 years old. So he's looking 17, 16 years into the future, but he's got to be president of his high school class first. And oh, my God, there's some crazy stuff going on. Second season... It's a few years later, and he's running for a state Senate office in New York City, and we see new cast members, including Judith Light and Bette Midler, and again, oh my God, funny stuff. And again, I should warn you, it's very profane, but laugh out loud stuff. It's called The Politician. It's on Netflix. That wraps it up this week's Trade Show Guy, Monday Morning Coffee. Have yourself a great week or two. We'll see you soon in June. <laughs>